Welcome to the Law of Startups Podcast. I'm Mike Schneider. And I am Joe Wallen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Today, we are very, very lucky to have on the show uh, J.J. McKay and Al Olson. Uh, these are folks from The Fresh Toast, uh, a new online magazine. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's so great to have you. I'm J.J. McKay, the founder, publisher, and The Fresh Toast is an exciting new um, website and platform with, that is lifestyle and entertainment with heaping sides of cannabis, entertainment, and live music. This is great. So is the fresh toast, I mean, this is a kind of a burgeoning new industry. I mean, this is a new thing. I mean, it's only recently, like the past few years, we've had legalized marijuana anywhere in the country, right? I, I forgot which state was first. Col- was Colorado first? Colorado was the first fully recreational state. Okay, okay, okay. Because we've had some, we have medical, we've had medical for a while. Yep. Um, and then what was Washington the second fully recreational? They, they voted for it both the same year, and okay. then the Colorado opened up January first uh, of two thousand and thirteen, and Washington was in July. Okay, so they, okay. they both voted for it the same day. Okay, and so how many we have? Other is Oregon now recreational? We too? have four recreational, twenty five medical, and it's legal and it's prescriptive in all fifty. Okay, okay, okay. What's the fourth recreational state? Alaska. Alaska, and also. Right. Uh, Washington D.C. is also oh really okay yeah, but it's not state okay well so what do you what do you think is going to happen on federal policy should we should we talk about that right now was this talked about during the debates at all no 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 one ever wants to talk about it and part of the reason is that the study just came out that sixty percent of Americans are hey it should be legal and when you look at the millennials it goes to seventy percent of it so people the stigma of it has is slowly started to fade away you'd think they might have focused on it. I, uh, I'm just thinking that, like, uh, because the issue seems to cross party lines uh, so well, right? I mean, it's like it's not a, a Republican or a Democrat issue. It seems like if you would come out strongly in favor, you might win over some people on the other side. Uh, it's a really interesting uh, uh, debate what's happened is because uh, for a long time, the candidates themselves have been all over the map. So it's, it's hard for either one of them to really stake a position. Uh, Hillary Clinton has spoken out against it. She's now kind of softened her edge on that. She's now looking at it as a state-by-state solution. She's not ready really to uh, engage in any kind of federal policy changes. Um, Donald Trump also has been kind of all over the map on this and has not really staked out a clear position. Although what I find interesting is the people who he has surrounded himself with, um, Chris Christie, um, and others are staunchly anti-cannabis. Uh, so um, it is interesting that the politicians themselves haven't um, staked ground. But I will say that the Democratic na- uh, the Democratic platform is uh, has endorsed um, changing the laws and uh, on a federal level. And so we'll see. I think there's a lot of things that will happen in this next administration. What's what's in, you know we started this or I started this based on some data points. And it's really kind of fun. So you look at, from a business point of view, you look at Martha Stewart. We will be similar to Martha Stewart. Martha realized that a portion of this country in their kitchens, garages, and rooms was doing part of a DIY. But they were very closeted. They were very like the the comic book industry. And she realized there was a ton of money to be made there. And so she came out with Martha Stewart Living, and she redefined the DIY industry, and made a fortune for not only herself, but for Home Depot, Michaels, Lowe's. She brought that out into a, into an arena. And that suddenly spurred a whole industry that quickly made over 
all over. Another data point I used is you may have heard of Fifty Shades of Grey. Never heard of it. <laughs> Shortly, and I was just talking to the people from NBC okay. Wednesday on this. Shortly after that book became a bestseller and they announced a movie, yeah. all of a sudden it became okay to talk about S&M on regular TV. On the morning shows, you have Matt Lauer talking about it. The number one place uh, Fifty Shades of Grey sold was in the South. Once people start accepting something different in a way that they can take it home and look at it in a language that they like, it flips over. Will and Grace changed how America perceived gays. And after Will and Grace, you suddenly saw a, a hastening of what eventually became gay marriage. So it's all about helping people better understand this. Because, you know, this whole whole um, making cannabis a horrible, horrible, horrible thing all stemmed back from the 20s and the movie Reefer Madness. You had a, a very dedicated group who wanted to punish people. And so Reefer Madness came up and it was a movie about black guys getting stoned and raping white women. And within two years, it was, a, it was illegal in the country. Yeah, one one thing, you know, what we're trying to do with the Fresh Toast is, um, you know, we're not really an advocacy uh, site. We're our lifestyle uh, platform. And what we've, we're just trying to say is that we recognize that people are out there um, enjoying cannabis, whether for medicinal reasons or recreational reasons or for, uh, re- you know, relaxation reasons. And we we understand that. And we're just trying to have a conversation with those people and try to bridge the gap for, you know, we are, this, these are not um, evil or, or, or somehow deviant lifestyles. It's just normal people uh, enjoying a substance that's been on the planet for forever. Right. Well, Mike, uh, what's your perspective on, on all these matters? Well, I think it's pretty exciting. Like, I think uh, you guys seem to be, uh, when, when I, we, our, our podcast tends to take kind of a business uh, bent and, uh, and I think that what's interesting is like, what are the different ways that people can participate in this new, uh, this new thing in in ways that don't uh, put themselves at risk criminally? Um, and so, like what you guys are doing makes perfect sense because you're you're sort of in the ecosystem. You're helping, uh, you know, generate interest and 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 profiting. I I hope uh, from from people's interest in the topic and uh, and and helping you know inform people about it. But at the same time, you know, you're not selling actual product. Uh, and so, so you still kind of have that arm's length distance from anything that could be perceived as criminal. Um, I think right now, anybody that's sort of in the, anybody that's in the actual sales side of things is, is sort of just, it's just the legal, legal framework around it is so risky. I mean, it seems like politically everything's moving in, in the right direction and things are becoming more permissive, but technically it's still illegal federally. So it's just, we talk a lot on the show about startups and opportunities and where people should spend their time. And it's just kind of interesting to think about the various ways people can participate in this change and, and try to be involved in the, in the cannabis economy while still, you know, treading carefully and making sure they're not, um, they're not putting too much at risk, I guess. Well, when you talk about it from a business perspective, let's, let's spend a few minutes to talk about really why we did this. Cause you know, just doing a magazine is not, particularly profitable. But you look at currently, last year, the cannabis industry was $7.1 billion of legal income. You have 42 million Americans who used it last year, 20 who used it last month, 
and you have about three to four million Canadians who use it. So you have a robust market of people. You also have, through med- sound medical research, a number of these people who use it for medical to alleviate diseases. So we looked at this market and said, wow, what could we do? I don't consume. Um, I had no desire to touch the plant. But in all my research, what I heard, saw was people didn't understand marijuana today. So what we did is we built a site that actually brings this information to people, especially millennials, in the way that they're used to seeing it. So unless you're, you know, have a strong hobby and you're going to trains or you're going to MMA sites to get a particular information, most people now get their information through general sites. Um, you look at the NFL site, the number one driver for the NFL site is the fact that you, all the fantasy football information on there. That is what has transformed that site. So we did looked at our demographics, overlaid what else they liked, and then looked at their digital trail, and we built the Fresh Toast. And so 50% of our content is pure mainstream, food, drink, pop culture, entertainment, music, um, hot messes, which we love, pets. You know, oh, so tell us more about hot messes. <laughs> yeah. Well, as the Kardashians have shown you, all of America feels they should be able to be a star. You know, they need their 15 minutes of fame and people love sharing hot mess stories. So we're soliciting hot mess stories from around the world of, you know, my boyfriend slept with my mom and my sister. Do you think I should break up with him? You know, the woman who, you know, that we had the story about the woman in the EMT car who, who pleasured herself while trying to touch the EMTs, while racing to the hospital with an, you know, an injury. You know, people love, and people share these stories, which I'm always fascinated about. I mean, we have an entire TV industry based on reality TV. We're just bringing it in three to five paragraph bite sizes, and people love it. Yeah, that's that's actually really fascinating. I, I, uh, it's, it's funny what people find entertaining, but that seems to, I mean, I, I really like the site. And when did you officially launch? Uh, we have um, Politico launched us three weeks ago. Okay, okay. And like when you say they launched you, what did they do? They sent out. They were the first piece of real press they had. Sent it out to everybody, and we used that day to really push to go live to the public. Okay, and that's Politico, the the political thing. Uh, Politico, the big magazine, yeah, the and big they magazine. they do they do a lot of work with other media, so they pushed us out into the media world. Wow, that's great. That's a great that's a great launch. That's a really nice oh. friend to have in the launch. Well, and it also we def- it defined who we were. You know, you look at a lot of mainstream media who I'll, you know, I don't want to pick on anybody in particular, but they see Leafly, Weed Maps, um, Dope as really novelties or niche, and they really don't see them as part of the traditional media uh, playground. Right. What we saw at our launch event in New York is we had a lot of mainstream media say, we want to help you, we think you're what you're doing is cool, and we think your business plan makes sense. And eventually, we can see being absorbed by a bigger media en- entity once right. it becomes fully legal. Right. Well, so so both so JJ and Al, both of you guys have done really impressive things in your careers prior to this. It would be fun, I think, for the crowd just to hear kind of like what where you came from and how you got to this place. And I, know, I mean, it'd be fun to hear people who don't know JJ would love to hear kind of how you how you've grown up as a, as a human here. Well, I you know I was <laughs> I'm a simple Southern boy from near Mobile, um, brought up by a bunch of women. But have always been able to connect to consumers. So throughout my life, I worked. My first real job was in sports, 
which everybody kind of laughs at, but I loved it. And then I was in politics. Talk about a hot mess. My boss eventually went to prison many years too late. Um, then I went into the nonprofit world. Then I went into the consulting world and really helped startups and mid-sized companies, you know, helped launching Better London, helping with uh, medical device companies, helping with that type of company and helping them really work with consumer. And the one thing I've been able to smell out over the years is what resonates with the public. And our editor always laughs because the stories I come up with, she's like, that's really good. But she's like, I just never would have thought you would have come up with that story. So I love, I'm a builder. And, you know, we're always, we're, you know, as we're growing this company, we're always looking at is how can we build it? How can we make an impact? How, we, how can we make a difference? Right. How can we, you know, we have a strong part of what we're doing is in the medical side. If we can help the hundreds of thousands of people whose cannabis can alleviate seizures, chemo nausea, uh, help with Crohn's, anything we could do with that, that's a real blessing on our part. Right. I'll let Al share yeah. his story. So, well, first of all, I met JJ uh, in May, and uh, and if anybody meets JJ, you ought to, you just immediately love the man. He's a, a dynamo, and uh, so he uh, um, told me about his project, and I jumped on board, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Before I was with uh, uh, JJ, I spent uh, most of my uh, career in in mainstream traditional media. I was a newspaper man for. Uh, Many, many years in California, moved up here to Seattle in two, uh, 1996 to help launch, or 95, to help launch MSNBC. I was one of the founding editors of MSNBC.com, worked for NBC News, Today Show, CNBC. Uh, about uh, six years ago, in 2010, I just saw that this cannabis uh industry was was uh, was changing, and there was, actually was industry. And as a business journalist, I just started uh, looking into it as uh, as a story. Uh, you know, it's not too many times as a business journalist you get to see an industry um, start from scratch. And, you know, marijuana really didn't start from scratch. It was a black market industry trying to go uh, mainstream. And I, it, that is a really rare story. So I kind of latched onto that story, but I couldn't get uh, my bosses at NBC to be as excited about it as I was at the time. They they uh, they thought of it as kind of a fringe um, story that didn't really resonate. And I think in in New York they might have been right. I mean, you know, they they work in this kind of new media bubble. And I remember sitting in the new in a in a production meeting with the Today Show, suggesting that on April twentieth, four twenty, the marijuana holiday that uh, we should do a segment on uh, Kathleen Hoda go to pot. It would just be a one-hour show talking about cannabis uh, because, you know, they do Monday Monday Margarita Day, Wednesday Wines Day. I mean, every day is an Thursday, alcohol Thursday. day. Every every day is an alcohol day with them. I thought, well, why don't we just do spend one day a year talking a little bit about cannabis? They looked at me as if I was from Mars. And so um, I've been trying to seek a way to tell this story the right way. And so that's why I'm with the Fresh Toast. I think there's a, a fascinating story to tell. That's a great. That's a great story. So the now didn't Obama, didn't he recently do something to free up sort of federal dollars for more research in this space, or is that my imagination? Yes, there, there, the there's been um, the whole thing about scheduling of cannabis is, um, you know, that's the that's the federal schedule that a lot says that marijuana is on par with heroin and. Uh, you know, methamphetamine as a drug, but they they have now said that the, uh, 
they've opened up the avenues of research. Okay. And it's no longer uh, controlled by, uh, you know, this one entity that, you know, kind of has uh, has hampered research in the past. So um, it's still um, hard for scientists to do, okay. but it is easier than it has been. Okay. But it's still, there are still a lot of rules and, and hoops you have to jump through in order to get the actual cannabis to do the research with. Right. Here's, right. you know, here's something I, I find just incredibly sad. I lost my father and he, my father was a, a Marine officer and was killed in service. The Israelis 15 years ago in research discovered that cannabis can help with PSTD. We have not acknowledged that. So you have a lot of veterans who could be helped and who wouldn't have to take such mind-numbing drugs or, or, or even worse, go untreated by just having a little something like that. And to have these guys, have these men and women who lay down their lives for our country not to be able to have the, the easiest, most natural solution is just really shameful. I, I think so. I, I, yeah, I know. It's horrible. Um, gosh, when I was in law school, one of my classmates, a um, great guy named Ralph Seeley, he'd actually been a, a journalist for 20 years or something. He went to law school, and he came down, even though he'd never smoked, came down with lung cancer. And uh, he, uh, he would have the chemo, or I forgot what treatment it was, it would make him really sick. If he could smoke, it would re- relieve some of this horrible sickness he felt, but he, he couldn't smoke. Right. They'd give him the pill for him. They could get the pill for him, but he would just throw it up. And he brought it, He actually brought a lawsuit. This would have been like 20, 20 years ago now. He brought a lawsuit, took it all the way to the Washington State Supreme Court, arguing that, hey, under our state constitution, I have the constitutional right to have my doctor prescribe to me, whatever it is. But he ultimately only got one vote of the of all the justices of the of the state supreme court, which is kind of a sad deal. He ultimately died of, oh. of cancer, which is a terrible thing. But uh, yeah, I, I hope we I hope we have a more enlightened poly policy. Well, I'll tell you something. My my wife was a uh, is a cancer survivor. She had breast cancer diagnosed two years ago. Went through chemotherapy, radiation, surgery. Had the whole works. And it was the kind of the whisper in the oncology ward. Every nurse in there talked about marijuana, not out loud because they really can't, but they knew, and you know, my wife, she didn't smoke it. She used it in edible form and, and she could, and, but they were telling the nurses there were telling, okay, here's when I want you to take the, your edible, take it, you know, an hour before you come into chemotherapy, you're going to be there all day, maybe around noon, have another little piece of candy. And so they're helping her titrate while she was going through chemotherapy. So, um, so I can't, and she never used one opiate for pain medicine. She didn't use any anti-nausea medicine. Huh. And so this is what she used. And uh, so it does work. And it is sad that uh, there are people that are denying patients the, the right to use this uh, pretty benign substance. Right. You know, Joe and Mike, it is, it's a lucrative industry. The pharmaceutical company is already looking at it. And when it comes down to someone that you love, I have some very traditional friends who are of a different generation, who would ne- who really see it kind of almost from the reefer madness day. And yet when they were hit by cancer, right. they went out and sought that at the moment. Because as a caregiver, you want to help people the most. We at the Fresh Toast believe in a continuum of a care. So from the moment you're diagnosed, you can come to the site. And while we have about 120 stories now, we will eventually be a full encyclopedia around all the diseases it can alleviate. Okay. And then 
You can be part of a patient conversation. You can talk to our doctor, Dr. Green. Right. You could talk to um, all, all these other people. And then you can see what's the best way to consume it. Smoke, oil, edible. You might get recipes, how to make a tincture tea or something like that. And then you can find the place that you can buy it near you. And then t- go in there and say, this is exactly what I'm looking for to make it a really smooth process. So did you did you find a doctor named Doctor Green, or is that his is Dr. that his pseudonym pseudonym for the uh, for the he'll, site? He'll be next week on our site. No, that's really his name. He's a, a retired uh, physician. But it seems like a it seems like a uh, you know ask Doctor Green about the uh, about marijuana. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's hilarious. That's name though, that's great. Oh yeah, <laughs> it seems kind of like crazy. So how is so you launched like what was the exact date of launch again? Um, I, I can't even remember that. Two months ago? Was it two months ago? Yeah, it was two months ago. Yeah, it was, oh, no, it was like three weeks, three three weeks weeks ago. ago. Three weeks ago. So traffic, you're just starting to see traffic pick up probably. We're actually seeing really good with traffic and we're kind of proving our business model. So about 70% of our, or 70% of our audience are under 44. Okay. Uh, we're split between men and women, which is very unusual for any cannabis site. It's usually 90, 10. And then... We are, um, people are sharing our content. Now, they may be sharing something like the chimp who smokes uh, cigarettes every day that's on our site today, but they're sharing all these stories, which really in the cannabis and the other cannabis places, they're not doing that. I gotcha. And we're really, really, and we're really listening to the, com- to the community. You know, we represent 85% of the 42 million Americans who use, but aren't, who, who, it, it doesn't define their life. They're not part of the traditional stoner counterculture. They might define themselves as an attorney or a southerner or a working mom or, you know, a, a grad student. And this is one option to them, just like vodka, lattes, or aspirin. Gotcha. So your revenue model right now is advertising? We have, that's a, you know, that's what I love listening to your <laughs> podcast. You and uh, Mike go right to the, how is this going to work? And is this going to be a podcast that lives? Because if you fail in two months, no one wants to know about you. <laughs> no, no, I'm curious. We actually have five streams of income. Okay, we have uh, advertising, both mainstream and cannabis, okay. because most can- our cannabis companies really don't have a way to connect to that 85% of the market and women and so forth. So we're providing that market. Okay. And we've been very pleased to be recognized by Google. And we work with AdSense, which is we're the first cannabis company to be able to allow to do that. Huh. Okay. Wow. Um, so that's one stream of income. Uh, in January or in first quarter of 2017, we unveil a new directory. And with that continuum of care, that is another big lucrative section of the market. And we feel that will, within a year, be about 40% of our income altogether. Okay. Um, then we'll have data. As we grow our readership base, we will be asking people to give us feedback so we can make the industry better. Events. And then finally, we'll uh, in 2018, we look at a consulting side of the house. Well, so you have some experience throwing events, right? Have you done some event work in your past? Have you? No, no. I, I've given a lot of events. I mean, that's <laughs> as, if you if you Google me, you can see I'm a I'm referred to as a big society host or so forth. Right. So I've given I've thrown a lot of parties in my life. Okay. 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 That's right. Okay. Well. Okay. This is really this is really fun. So who? So you this at this juncture? Do you got you guys kind of feel like you're at the at the tip of the spear here in terms we, of what you're doing? We are the tip. We. We are going to redefine the industry. We and and the industry now that we've launched has suddenly gone oh, and I and I think people realize that we have in our ability 
for to help America rethink it. We are going to be the Will and Grace, the Martha Stewart living, the Fifty Shades of Grey of cannabis. I mean, every day we're sex, drugs, and rock and roll. The which, so which, which analytics tools do you use for the site? Do you just use Google, Google Analytics? We have right now? Google Analytics, Facebook Analytics, and then we have some of our own custom analytics built into our site. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about. Uh, so you guys are are doing this this new venture. You've got the the site up. There's this challenge that I think all entrepreneurs face on the, at least the ones that work on the web, which is you, you build something, you put it out there, and then once it's there, you have this challenge of how do you get people to even know know it's there. You know, there's this thing where you post something on the internet and it's it's just kind of out there, but without all the pathways to find it, it's just kind of sitting in the abyss. Um, and so I know this is a challenge that that is, is a, uh, faced me on things that I've built, and I know it, it's sort of universal when you build something new and you put it out there. How do you drive awareness of it? How do you drive people to the site? And I'm just curious to know what what you guys have been doing uh, and what your plan is um, to, to sort of, um, you know, now that it's up, make people aware that it's there. Uh, it sounds like, well, I, I guess you said AdSense, which maybe that, that's your the advertising model. I don't I don't know. Are you advertising to bring people to the site? Are you partnering with other sites to exchange links? I know there's lots of ways to do it. I'm curious to know what your what your strategy is. Well, you know, my great question. Well, one, the number one thing that's going to make us successful is we have Al and a team of incredible writers. Our editor-in-chief is amazing, and we're providing great sticky content, great photos. Our photo editor is incredible. Uh, so that is the number one thing that we is going to make us successful. Now, getting the word out there, it's a multifaceted plan. One is we're obviously promoting ourselves across social media platforms, and it's been a huge driver. I think in basically in three weeks, we're almost at 7,000 Facebook friends already, so we're coming along nicely. We, and we have a, we've, and it's generated a lot of traffic. We are working with Outbrain to promote stories out to a bunch of other media sites. We have our traditional PR and media. You know, we've been in Cranes and Politico and you know, GeekWire and all these national page six. page six of the New York Post. So we've been in a variety of things. Um, and then we have content partners. We've signed a deal with Law Street Media, which is the number one millennial legal site in the nation. And they've just been recognized by the ABA as a research site and an institutional uh, research site for attorneys across the nation. And we're in discussion with five other mainstream media for us to have syndicated content. Um, two back east, uh, three on the west coast, and we are, have been approved to work with Huffington Post to put out our materials up on Huffington Post also. The distribution is a big part of any media uh, company. And so, uh, you know, it you know, first of all, we had a launch and have uh, you know suitable content to distribute, which we have now. And so, a distribution is always the key. And I've always found the best way for distribution is to have really credible partners that um, that help you with your you know that you're filling in the gaps with other distribution partners. And I think that's what we're going to do. And another thing that you know JJ touches on that is kind of lost here is that um, we really aren't a cannabis platform or a lifestyle platform. And, you know, I've always thought of the cannabis story as it's, the cannabis story is really not strictly about cannabis. You know, really it's, it's a, it is a lifestyle story. It is a, you know, politics story. It is a sports entertainment story. It is a health story. It's a medical story. There's no matter what your um, pursuit in life is, 
there's some way that cannabis is going to touch it, you know. And so we we're not um, in your face about cannabis. We're just talking about life and uh, and what you do in this life. And somehow uh, cannabis is going to intersect there somewhere. So we are really a general interest uh, site. And uh, you know, as I'm the cannabis editor. And so uh, it just seems to me you walk down the street and there's a conversation to be had and cannabis just might be part of it. Right. Yeah, I, lo- I love the fact that, uh, I mean, I think we had, I think we have same-sex marriage because we had states, uh, people in particular states rose up and said, this is crap. We're going to change the law. And we had enough states rise up that, like, you know, we had, we had change. We had change. And it happened, actually, it didn't, I mean, it probably feels like it took forever, right? But it happened way. very quickly. And part of that is because the population went, eh. All this, all the scare tactics, not really true. I right. mean, I personally, and I think very few people know how a gay marriage broke up a traditional marriage, unless someone in that traditional marriage then married someone same sex. <laughs> Right. Or slept with someone's Well, it, it is one of those weird things. I mean, you know, take uh, same-sex marriage as a, as a perfect example. It wasn't – it happened quickly because I think people all of a sudden just looked and said, wait a second, my nephew is gay or my brother-in-law is gay or whoever. And right. you think it doesn't – I still love that person. And it, it just right. it just seemed like a moot point after a while. And I think that's how it was cannabis. I mean, I think everybody knows somebody who uses the herb. Right. And, you know, and there are people who probably – abuse it, right? Just like alcohol or anything else, tobacco. But uh, but I think everybody kicks up, what's the big deal? What are we doing? Like, right. why are, why is this the boogeyman? Right. Well, I would love to see, I mean, I think, I mean, I mean, it'd be great to see that the same evolution we saw in the same-sex marriage thing take place with the cannabis industry. And, and the Similar, right? Bubble up from the states. A bunch of states just say, and that's and that's this. and that's the way it's going to go. That's going to be the difference between gay marriage and cannabis. Is cannabis has um, there was no money to be made. You know, when Washington flipped over, it suddenly didn't throw a quarter of a billion dollars into the coffers of Washington State. Cannabis, you know, there's a lot of money to be made. Right. Big liquor, big pharma, all looking at this. States looking at this. So that kind of complicates it because then you have to divvy up where that money is coming from. You know, Ohio voted down legalized uh, marijuana, not because the population was for it, but rather that the people who did the initiative were greedy and tried to keep all the money. They restricted it to about 10 companies. They they were trying to create a monopoly with the law, and and it was rejected. Interesting. Well, what's a... So this is super fun. So you launched launched three weeks ago. The website for everyone out there listening is The Fresh Toast. And the Fresh Toast is a great lifestyle uh, magazine uh, with great writing and uh, also just happens to be open uh, and talking about how cannabis works and how you can use it or how you might want to think about it. And if you're sick, how to you can find medical information on the site. Mm-hmm. What other things can you tell us about before we leave? You know, people, what, what else should people be thinking about? Like it on Facebook? Uh, like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um well, the one, I, I just want to thank Joe and Mike. Doing a startup is definitely a journey. It's taken me over a year. I've worked with some incredible people. But it's a journey. And, and you know, it's it's like a relationship. There's highs, there's lows, there's tears, there's laughter. And, the, you know, Joe, especially you, are really good at helping guide startups through all that process. And 
you know, you have to have a vision and you have to have a market and you have to have a way to be able to make it implement it all. And that is something that has, has really been a journey. I had to learn a lot in order for us to be successful. And every day in this journey is all about learning. Right. Yeah. Well, I love it. Uh, tell, by the way, you talked. You, you mentioned a company called Outbrain. Well, tell me what that is again. Oh, Outbrain's a really cool company that uh, friends of friends of mine are involved in, and they take content like when you're on the New York Post or you're on other sites. They take a content story and place it on there to fill that content out and make richer, deeper content. I see. So it's, okay. it's sponsored content in a way. Okay, I'll have to check those. I haven't heard about that. I haven't heard about that company. Oh yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Hey, Mike, before we go, any further thoughts, questions? No, no, I think uh, this has been really interesting. I'm looking forward to spending some time on the site and checking it out. It's um, it's definitely, um, it seems like there's, this is a good example of, of the kind of normalization of cannabis in, in, uh, in Washington, I suppose. Like there's been lots of websites that are, are cannabis specific websites that seem like they're very, um, I think like Snoop Dogg has a website and they're, they're very... Um, you know, it's very specific, maybe even counterculture kind of kind of websites. And this looks like it's it's a first thing I've seen where it's kind of a an effort to sort of um, you know present cannabis in a non counterculture kind of way as part of the larger culture. Um, so it's pretty interesting stuff. Thanks for being on. It's been really really interesting. I hope everybody goes and checks it out. Yeah, thank you so much, JJ, and thank you all for being on the show. And let, let's have you guys back in like six months or nine months, and you can tell us about stuff. <laughs> we will love it. <laughs> Sounds great, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, everyone else, for listening. We'll see you all next week.